Hey, well, uh, welcome everybody uh, to Merge. So glad you guys are with us uh, tonight. Uh, man, I, I know there's a lot of other things y'all could be doing on a Monday night, um, but we're so glad that you are here with us. Um, quick announcement before we jump in. Uh, ladies, uh, last week we talked about how uh, we're going to be hosting a Galentine's party. Um, so that's going to be tomorrow night um, at 6 p.m. Uh, at the church. So we had said it was going to be at Macy's house, but I think there's a lot of girls coming, and so um, the church is just more accommodating for that. And so there's a sign-up sheet out in that little uh, four-year area, and so if you did not sign up for that and you're wanting to come uh, tomorrow to the Galentine's party, you know, come on, si sign up your name. Uh, I know they're going to have uh, some food and some hat decorating and other stuff that ladies like to do. Uh, so uh, know that that's an opportunity for you uh, tomorrow. And then uh, um, small groups, like we talked about, are, we're kind of shifting those a little bit. And so and we haven't exactly nailed down the time, but I think girls may end up being on Tuesday nights. But And guys, we'll figure out a time as well. But just know that we are, are, are praying about that and when um, we want to meet. And so those opportunities are coming real, real soon. Uh, but uh, like we have been uh, for this semester, uh, just opening up uh, the night, uh, just talk, just talking, the, saying the Lord's Prayer together. And so if y'all would, uh, say this with me as we begin. Uh, Our Father in heaven, hallowed be your name. Your kingdom come, your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread and forgive us our debts as we have also forgiven our debtors. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. And so God, we come to, to you tonight uh, just to, we just open up our hearts to you. Uh, we open up just our lives to you, uh, and we just pray that, that your words would speak to us tonight. Um, we just pray that, that you would just move, that you would just come and do only what you can do. God, we love you. Amen. Uh, so last week, uh, we kicked off uh, our relationship series that we do every February. A uh, great time to talk about uh, our relationships. We got Valentine's coming up uh, this Wednesday. Um, and, and so last week, we started off by talking about uh, what does uh, true love, what does love look like, or what, what, what should it look like? And there were three things that we talked about um, when it comes to, for our relationship with each other, uh, our relationship with, with the significant other, and, and especially our relationship from, from the Father to us, and that was we talked about that love sins, that love sacrifices, and that love stays. Uh, but tonight, uh, we're going to be focusing on an aspect of relationships uh, that a lot of people don't like to focus on. I feel like a lot of times we don't talk about it. Uh, it's something that, for some reason, has a really negative connotation in today's society. Um, and so tonight, we're going to be talking about singleness. Um, how, how should you live during that season of singleness? Because for some of you in here, you may be dating somebody. You may be like, that's not me right now. But who knows? Maybe you, you may find yourself in that, in that, in that stage of life in, in the future. Um, and may, maybe you are in that stage right now. And so we're going to talk about, hey, when I'm in that stage of singleness, how, how should I live? Um, because for, I, I was looking at, at a survey uh, for millennials and Gen Z, and it says that 96% of individuals desire to be married at some point. So obviously, like for majority of people, your desire is to not stay single forever. You, you want to, to find a mate, you want to find a spouse, someone to spend the rest of your life with. Um, and so I want to preface tonight by saying it is, obviously, it is not wrong to desire to be married. It is not wrong to desire to find a spouse. However, what we have found is we don't know how to be single. 
we don't know how to be by ourselves. We don't know how, how to not be in a relationship. And there's been a trend that has happened of, you know, instead of being able to take time to develop yourself, take time to be single, we jump from relationship to relationship, which ends up breaking us even more. You know, God, you know, God created relationships. He created the institution of marriage. In Genesis 2.18, God says this. It says, then the Lord God said, it is not good for man to be alone. I will make a helper corresponding to him. So God knows, like, it, it is difficult for us to, to want to be alone. We like to have somebody to spend our time with. But sometimes we get so caught up with the idea of marriage that we miss the opportunities that are right in front of us in our season of singleness. Because if we, when we look at the Bible, Jesus never married. There's been a lot of, of, of prominent people in history who have done impactful things, and they never married. When we look at uh, the life of Paul, a, a guy that we're going to be talking about tonight, he's one of the, the greatest missionaries to ever walk the face of the earth. He wrote a lot of the New Testament, a lot of the Bible that, that we read. Paul never married. He was single. And so, and he even said that he wished more people would be able to be like him and be single. In 1 Corinthians chapter 7, this is Paul. He says, I wish that all people were as I am, but each has his own gift from God. One person has this gift, another has that. He's talking about one person has this gift of marriage, one person has this gift of singleness. And I say to the unmarried and to widows, it is good for them if they remain as I am. And we see in, in that text that Paul is calling singleness a gift. But for a lot of us, we don't look at singleness as a gift. We look at it as torture. We look at it as frustration. We look at it as, God, why in the world am I single? Why can't I seem to find a girl? Why can't I seem to find a guy? And so Paul continues on in chapter 7, in verse 35, where he says, I am saying this for your own benefit not to put a restraint on you, but to promote what is proper and so that you may be devoted to the Lord without distraction. I want us to, to, to notice that, that a time of singleness, it is to promote what is proper so that we may be devoted to the Lord without distraction. In the NASB translation, instead of the word proper, it uses the word appropriate which the word appropriate means especially suited or compatible. We all know what, you know, appropriate is. You know, it, it's for, you know, it's appropriate to yell and scream at a sporting event. But we know that, you know, it's not really appropriate to yell and scream at a funeral. We, we, we know that, you know, and, and, and it's the opposite of like, you know, something is inappropriate we know that, hey, you aren't supposed to do it in that, in that setting, in that environment. Just like it's inappropriate if you were to wear uh, a swimsuit to a wedding. There's nothing wrong with a swimsuit. But if you wear it in the context of attending a wedding, some people will look at you and be like, man, why, why are you dressed like that? that that's pretty inappropriate for, for the scene. And so our context, it determines the appropriateness of a behavior. And so when we look at that, like how does that relate to singleness? And what I want you to know is that God may have you in a time of singleness because he wants to promote a worldview in you, a lifestyle in you that fits your current environment, that fits the current state of life you are in. God wants to champion something inside of you, but his timing is everything. God's decision to make you single for a season is not to choke you, 
It is not to make you frustrated. It is not to make you miserable. But oftentimes, what we want in the moment, so maybe, maybe we want a relationship. Maybe we desire a boyfriend. Maybe we desire a girlfriend. We desire to find, to find a spouse. And what's best for us, we don't always value and appreciate, right? And so what, what's best for us isn't always what we need right there in the moment. And so whenever we find ourselves in a season of singleness, we need to make sure that we're operating it in the way that God has intended us for because it's for a reason. You may be sitting there blaming God, saying, God, like, I don't understand why, why I can't seem to find somebody, and we just sit there and we sulk. But Paul, what we're about to read, shows us that, man, in your time of singleness, it is a blessing. It is a gift that you can use. And in 1 Corinthians chapter 7, verse 29 through 31, he says this. He says, this is what I mean, brothers and sisters. The time is limited. So from now on, those who have wives should be as though they had none. Those who weep as though they did not weep. Those who rejoice as though they did not rejoice. Those who buy as though they didn't own anything. And those who use the world as though they did not make full use of it. For this world in its current form is passing away. And so when we read that, we may be like, what is he saying in that moment? And so what what Paul, he's not advising that you you ditch your spouses, that you ditch your relationships, that you abandon everything that that you've purchased. What he is asserting is that your relationship, your singleness, your dating, your marriage, uh, the things that you have, the things that happen to you in this life, they are not the main storyline of your life. That is not the main thing. And I want, to let, I want you to know that God cares deeply about your love life. He truly does. He cares deeply about your relationships. He cares deeply about your future marriage. He cares more about it even than you do. But the issue of marriage and relationships, whenever we see them in the Bible, it only takes up a small sliver. But the main storyline that we see is about broken people becoming made whole in Christ, which is what your season of singleness can allow you to do. Earlier in Corinthians chapter 6, Paul says, Don't you know that the unrighteous will not inherit God's kingdom? Do not be deceived. No sexually immoral people, idolaters, adulterers, adulterers, or males who have sex with males, no thieves, greedy people, drunkards, verbally abusive people, or swindlers will inherit God's kingdom. But I want you to notice the next verse 11. And some of you used to be like this. But you were washed, you were sanctified, you were justified in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ and by the Spirit of our God. Man, for all of us, we're broken. For all of us, we have sin in our life. None of us are what we should be. Man, if we had a time where we got together and each of us were to share our stories, it would be so full of tragic, horrible, broken things, of of, of you know, times where things have happened to us or maybe things that we've done to somebody else because we all have fallen short of what God has originally intended for us to be. But in verse 11, we saw that we have been washed, sanctified, and justified in the name of our Lord Jesus Christ. And last week, we talked about the idea where, where sometimes what we do is, is we have these issues, we have these problems, we have these God-sized problems, but what we do is we bring them to a significant other. We try to bring them into a relationship. We try to bring them to a boyfriend or a girlfriend and have them fix it. And let me tell you, like we said last week, they will fail you every single time. 
And in verse, in 1 Corinthians chapter 7, verse 35, when we talked about a season of singleness, Paul said, why, why should we have this? Why is it good? Why is singleness a gift? And he says, so that you may be devoted to the Lord without distraction. You may be devoted to the Lord without distraction. Man, I, I want to read this section to you, this uh, verses 32 through 35, and then we're going to kind of break that down just a little bit. And it says, I want you to be without concerns. The unmarried man is concerned about the things of the Lord, how he may please the Lord. But the married man is concerned about the things of the world, how he may please his wife, and his interests are divided. The unmarried woman or virgin is concerned about the things of the Lord so that she may be holy both in body and in spirit. But the married woman is concerned about the things of the world, how she may please her husband. I'm saying this for your own benefit, not to put a restraint on you, but to promote what is proper and so that you may be devoted to the Lord without distraction. And so whenever we look at this, there's, kind of, there's three uh, kind of main advantages to the gift of singleness that I want us to talk about. And the first one, the first advantage is freedom from distraction. Freedom from distraction, like we just saw, that you could be devoted to the Lord without distraction. Man, it may raise the question where you're sitting there, you're saying, hey, like, I, I, I get that, but why, why can't I be devoted to the Lord while I'm dating somebody or, or while I'm married? Like, why, why do I have to be single? And like, you know, the, the short answer is you can. You can, obviously. But it's not distraction-free. Dating is, is great. Marriage is great. But it is distracting. Like, think about if you are coming into to a church service and it is just you, right? You're not, you, don't have, you don't have a significant other with you. Man, you can come and you can experience the service for all that it's worth. But then, you know, and maybe you've been to a service before. You have the boyfriend. You have the girlfriend. Maybe it's a fresh relationship. Maybe it's just starting out. You're coming into service together. Worship starts. Man, you start thinking to yourself. You're like, man, I, I wonder if I should raise my hand in this moment. Are they, are they going to think it's weird? I, I don't know if I should do this. Right? Should, should I sing louder or should I sing softer? Maybe they think that I have a bad voice. I, I don't know if I should be sitting here singing as loud. I don't, I don't want to ruin my chance at this relationship. Or maybe you're sitting there and, and the pastor's preaching and all of a sudden, you know, your arms like touch together and you're like, ooh, what was that? Right? Like, was that intentional? Did, was that an accident? Should I lean in? Should I try to like grab their hand? And then, you know, all these things are going on in your mind. And it doesn't necessarily mean that they're bad things, but it means it's distracting you from what's happening in the moment. And then you say, oh, okay, well, when I'm married, it's good. It's like, yeah, you're still going to be distracted. I, I can promise you having your kids in service is one of the most distracting things. And I don't say that as like kids in service is bad. I'm just saying for myself, especially if I'm sitting in service and my kid starts being loud, I am no longer listening to the message. What's happening in my mind is I'm thinking, how in the world can I get my kid to be quiet? How, how, how in the world can I get him to stop? And then all of a sudden I'm distracted. But when you come, when you're single, you can come in and all those distractions are gone. Man, in dating, it's fun. It's not, it's not a bad thing. But the honest truth is what? It has distractions in our life. It keeps us from doing things. Like you, you may have this plan. You may have a Bible study that you plan to go to. And all of a sudden your girlfriend or boyfriend says, hey, I'd rather you come hang out with me. And now what do you choose? Most likely, normally it feels like you're gonna go choose to hang out with them. The gift of singleness allows you to have an opportunity to pursue the Lord and not have to worry about the things going on around you. 
about all, all, all the little things that you, your mind wants to think about when you're in the middle uh, of dating somebody. Man, the second, the second advantage to the gift of singleness is freedom from relational anxieties. I know that says liberty from anxiety, but I, I, it changes. So, so freedom from relational anxieties. And Paul tells us in 1 Corinthians 7 that we saw that married men and women have interests that are divided. That married people concern themselves with how they will please each other and how they will care for one another while the unmarried have the opportunity to be concerned with things that please the Lord. And obviously, like, when you're married, it is important for you to be pouring into your spouse. It is important for you to be worried uh, about how you can please your spouse. That is not a bad thing. But what Paul is telling us is it's, it's another form of distraction. It's, it's, and it's not a, when we, when I use the word distraction, a lot of times we think, oh, that's a bad thing. These aren't bad distractions, but it's keeping us from sometimes being focused on what does the Lord want for me in this moment? Because let me tell you, like, when, when you get married, it brings uh, some financial stresses, some financial anxieties. It will bring emotional stresses. It will bring social stresses. And all those responsibilities, man, they increase exponentially whenever you find somebody that you want to spend the rest of your life with. It is no longer just your money. It is no longer just what you want to buy. You have to budget together. And if you find yourself in a place where it's like, man, I don't know how we're going to you know, pay, pay the rent this month, man, that is an anxiety that happens. It will come up. And now it's not just you you have to worry about. It's your spouse. And if you have kids, it's your entire family. It is no longer just, you know, your emotions, your feelings. You have to take into account the other person. It is no longer just the friends that you want to hang out with. You have to take into account, hey, you know, we need to make time with this person because that is who my spouse wants to, wants to hang out with. And there's going to be times where it's like, hey, your spouse has friends that maybe you don't you don't really want to hang out with, but you have to. Or maybe you have friends that you want to hang out with, but your spouse doesn't really want to. And so now it causes all these stresses and anxieties, which can you know, hinder a relationship. But freedom from the obligations of marriage enables single people to do what married people cannot. And I know it sounds like I'm downplaying marriage. I want, I want you to know I am not. Marriage is amazing. Marriage is, is, is the best thing ever. Being married is awesome. Being a dad is awesome. But what I'm doing is I'm stressing the burdens of marriage in order to save you from falling into that tendency that happens all the time with where we downplay what our current situation is and we amplify the benefits of another. And so you may be sitting there in your singleness and you're just longing for the season of, of marriage. And you're just saying, if only I could just get there. If only I could just get there. If only I could just find somebody. But instead, maybe what we need to do is, is shift our focus on how we can serve the Lord, realizing that we're not tied down. Realizing that we, we have the freedom to go do the things that we want to do. Man, if you were to ask a married person to go do something, their, their first response almost every time is, well, let me check with my spouse. Let me make sure that's something that I can go do. But single people have the advantage in not carrying the weight of accounting for another person. You can say yes more often. Man, if a friend texts you at 11 o'clock at night and says, hey, I, I just need somebody to talk to. Or says, hey, I, I love, could you come over? I, I want to have a Bible study together. You can say yes to that. There's nothing holding you back from doing that. 
Man, if life presents a risky, like, God-glorifying opportunity for you to go on a mission trip, you can say yes. There's, there's not a spouse or, or kids who you have to just take into account to say, hey, I've got to make sure that, that i got to clear this first, and then I can go. Your yes opportunities are so much more. Which is point number three. That the last advantage that you have in a gift of singleness, which is, there's more than just three, but it's the gift of freedom. The gift of freedom. Man, during this time of singleness, you have freedom and you have time. But these resources of time, the resources of freedom, it diminishes when you get involved in a serious relationship, when you have a spouse, when you get married. And I encourage you that if you are in a season of singleness, man, to not fill this gift of freedom, to not fill this gift of time with so many distractions. Don't use it as a time to just sit there and binge watch as many TV shows as you want to or fill it full of stuff that just doesn't matter. Like, yes, I, I'm, you know, you're gonna have downtime. You're gonna have time where you wanna sit and recharge and, and you, know, just, you wanna just you know, lounge for a little bit. And there's nothing wrong with that. But if you are allowing yourself to just waste away, just waiting for the one, then you're gonna waste this opportunity that God has given you to grow closer to him in a time where it's just you and just him. And so I, wanna, I want you to ask yourself, man, if you are in that season of singleness, do you think about ways to please the Lord? Are you considering how you might be holy in the eyes of the Lord? Or are you sitting there just thinking the opposite? Or you're just sitting there frustrated and bitter because you don't have a boyfriend, you don't have a girlfriend. Marriage isn't on the horizon. And if that's the case, man, I would say that you're doing singleness wrong. And the, if these unmarried moments of your life are not spent in pursuit of the Lord, then they will oftentimes be marked by a sense of frustration, by feelings of loneliness, by feelings of isolation. And so I, I encourage you to use this time Use this season of singleness to go on mission trips, to pour into the next generation. Maybe you want to start serving in a local youth group. Maybe you want to get plugged in at a church. Maybe you want to go have late night Bible studies with your friends. And I, I want to encourage you, surround yourself with, with people who are going to be uplifting to you. Surround yourself with friendships where they are going to be lasting. They're going to be able to hold you accountable in the future. That you're going to have, you know, Friends in your life are going to say, hey, whenever you finally maybe enter into that season of marriage, they're going to say, hey, I, I've been with you for all of these years. And they're going to be able to, to call you out when you're doing something that maybe you shouldn't be doing. If you're in this room tonight and you are single, you need to know that you have more freedom and time than you ever will. This is the time. This is the moment. And I don't want you to miss the benefits of now because you're fixed on the benefits of then. I want to say that again, that I don't want you to miss the benefits of now because you're fixed on the benefits of then. That you're so worried about finding a relationship that you completely miss the gift that God has given you. Because your singleness 
is not forever. And for some of you, if it is, which it might be, consider it a gift because Paul certainly did. But I want you to know that an unmarried life is not an unfulfilled life. I've, my uncle has been unmarried. He's 58 years old. He's done a lot of great things with his life. But we have this connotation in society that if you are alone, you've done something wrong or you're messed up or just you're not, you know, you're just not capable of someone loving you. And I want you to know that is so far from the truth. Singleness is a time that you can pursue the Lord. Singleness is a time where you can be live distraction free and your devotion of following after God. And I want to end tonight with a quote from Ben Stewart who writes this book, Single Dating, Engaged, Married. He says this. He says, whether your season of singleness is long or short, you can know that God has granted you this season as a gift. And it is a gift with purpose to pursue an undistracted devotion to him. All that is left is for you to ponder the question, what will that look like for me? so if you are single tonight man know that it's okay there's nothing wrong with that if you find yourself single tomorrow know that that's okay this is a gift that God has given you and we need to make sure that we that we use it and we maximize our time in devotion to him and so God we come to you just so thankful for who you are we were thankful that you've given us models in, in your word who lived an unmarried life, who showed us that it, it is a time we're able to go and pursue after you, that we're able to say yes. And God, I pray that if there's anyone in here tonight who is find themselves in a spot where they have just been frustrated in their singleness, that they have felt isolated, that they have felt alone, that they would press into you, that you would just cover them with your love. God, we thank you so much for who you are. We thank you so much for, for your love, for your mercy and your grace that you pour out onto us each and every day. And I would pray that we would take every season that you give us and that we would maximize the time in those moments. God, we are so grateful for you. We love you. Amen.